0: My message today is called, Jesus is bringing reformation to our realities. So say that to one another. Say that to your your friend, whoever you're watching with. Jesus is bringing reformation to our realities. Jesus is bringing reformation to our realities. That's great. Our lead team is doing it here. I didn't think they were going to do it, but I love it. (laughs) Uh, Well, I love this, guys. So I really want to dive into this because everyone in life, everyone is influenced um, in different ways. You know, we... Uh, I'm going to share later about this, but we are a sum total of our experiences. You know, our our life and our journey with God, we um, we are being shaped into the image of Christ. But just like we are being shaped into the image of Christ, we've all had experiences um, that created who we are today as a person, as a man or as a woman. Um, and sometimes all, it's not all of those experiences um, are, are good. And some of those experiences are hard. Some of them are traumatic. Some of the things... Um, that we are living in sometimes are actually lies, or they're, they're not the reality that God has for us. And God has been speaking to my heart really clearly this week that he has a reality that he has died for us to live in and an inheritance um, that we are meant to live in daily. Um, I started off this week um, sitting before God and just asking him what, what he wanted me to share on. And as I was sitting there, um, I kind of just dazed off and I began to imagine... Uh, the person that I'm becoming in, in whatever, 10 or 20 years. Um, and, and as I imagine myself, I saw myself, you know, like extremely confident, very, uh, so full of love, very bold. And I had all these ideal, perfect um, ways I saw myself. And uh, I think all of us have that to some degree. All of us have this version of ourselves um, that is perfect or is maybe unrealistic, this, ver- this version of ourselves that we want to become one day where we don't have any flaws, right? Um, maybe I'm the only one, but I I hope (laughs) there's others out there. I don't know about you guys, but, um, I think we all have that. We all want to be in this place one day where we are, um, flawless, where we are perfect, where we are everything that God has called us to be. Um, and I think for someone like me who wants that, when we don't measure up to that, it can be hard. It can be like, okay, you know, what what do I need to change? How do I need to grow? And I'm not a very negative person, but I I always want to grow. I always want to develop. I want to be positive. Um, and move towards what God has called me to be, or who God has called me to be. Um, And as I sat there just envisioning this superstar Chris that I'm becoming, as I just imagined that, um, I asked God, I'm like, God, you know, how am I actually going to get there? Because what I noticed in this vision that I saw myself was um, that, You know it was consistent there wasn't this Chris that was just like that on the stage when he was at church or in certain situations I could see that it was a consistent lifestyle of victory and of love and a consistency in my thought life that represented that you guys hope hopefully you guys are following with me Um, and and I asked the Lord I said Lord how am I to get there like how am I actually gonna get there where I'm consistently living in victory love joy peace patience and kindness and living just like you Jesus and he said Chris, you're not gonna get there through anything, but th- except for through my love. And he just shared that with me. He said, Chris, until you are completely reformed by my love, you're not gonna be able to get there. Um, and I, and this reality just came over me that, you know, we are on this journey and, and I am not gonna actually end up being that person unless I'm gonna be completely loved by God and let God's love completely reform my mind, my heart, and not just a little bit, but consistently and daily. I'm sorry. My wife's taking some pictures of me for Instagram and it's very loud. I'm sorry. Uh, but what one of the main things guys is we do not want to be conformed by the attacks and the lies of the enemy, but we want to be reformed. You know, we, God is longing for us not to be again conformed by the attacks and the lies of the enemy, but reformed by his love and by his truth and by his presence. I really believe in this season that God all of us know that God has hit a reset button in, in the in our in our faith and in our lives. He's, set, he's hit a reset button. And in that, he is resetting our minds to be filled with the truth and the love of God, with who we're called to be. And really what God, I think, longs to do is, is he longs for us to be so solid in our mind about who we are and who we're called to be, um, about how loved we are, that we would be so solid in our identity that nothing could shake us, that nothing would be able to, um, Permeate us and influence us that is not from God. Um, I think, you know, through my story, I can just see how God has reformed me through my life. He has really reformed uh, who I am. You know, I was once a very broken and, and hurting person, depressed, broken, and angry, and the Lord led me to be someone who is now full of love and joy and hope. And to see that transformation, you can see that God has reformed me, but it is a process. I want to encourage you right now that no matter who you are, or where you're at, there's always more, and God wants you to live a consistent life where your reality is completely reformed by God's love. So, First John four seventeen, guys. The way I structure this talk today is we have, I'm going to go into a little bit of, um, I'm going to speak to your limbic brain, and so your limbic brain loves to hear why, how, and what. So I actually have why is this important, um, how are realities formed, and then what can we do to partner with God. Um, And so hopefully this is an easy way to grasp onto this because I don't want this to be lofty or out there. I want this to be very practical. So uh, 1 John 4, 17, it says here, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. And uh, I'm just, I'm smiling at myself because I always let people know that I have that tattooed on me. So if you ever see this tattoo that looks like scribbling, that's the... It says, as he is, so are we. It's a verse that is very personal for me. And um, again, guys, as he is in heaven right now, completely victorious, completely full of love, completely full of joy, not insecure, not worrying. As he is now in heaven, we are meant to be on the world, in the world. And we're not meant to be, you know, we are meant to be people of love, but we are also meant to be people of emotional health people who believe truth about ourselves, people who are not stuck in lies and, and always battling insecurity and anxiety um, and depression and all the attacks of the enemy. See, Jesus is in this place in heaven right now, or he's, he's right here, he's present with us in this room and he is completely victorious, full of love. He is smiling, he is confident. He, he knows that he is completely victorious over all the attacks of the enemy. So why are we not aware of that? You know, that is our inheritance as he is now in heaven. Not just his expression, but his entire being, his thoughts, everything. That's who we're meant to be now. And so guys, the, the the main thing here, guys, is the devil is a liar and he is a deceiver. He has no power over us as Christians, but he is a liar and he is a deceiver. Um, And we often think deception is, uh, we, we we usually attach deception to these big situations. So for example, you know, Sally, um, you know, Sally left her husband because she thought it was a good idea and she's living that way and she's she's not repenting and she's just doing it because she feels like it. You know, we could say, okay, that's deception. That's not truth. Like her thinking that's okay, Like she's deceived. Like that's not okay just to do that. So we attach deception into these big concepts, but uh, deceiving is simply causing someone to believe something that is not true. Now the devil, the way he works is he doesn't want to try to, uh, come at you with these big things, because often uh, the, the people of God, sometimes we are, sometimes we're not, we're, we're usually too smart for these big uh, concepts where he says, you are going to do this terrible thing one day, and you're like, okay, that's obviously not who I am. But the, the devil likes to come in little things, through fear, through shame, through lies about our identity. He wants us to, he wants to seed, just like those carrot seeds, those little tiny seeds, he wants to see little lies of, you know, you're not good enough, or you should be anxious about this because you're actually not that good, or um, you need to be better at this, or you're not good at this, and, and he wants to see these little tiny lies until they grow, and as we begin to think about them, we water them, and they begin to grow, and then they manifest into our reality and the way we think, the way we act, and what we believe about God and about other people. You know, maybe you're not actually being rejected by other people. Maybe you feel like fundamentally you are rejected and you are flawed. You know, maybe, I'm not saying that this is you out there, but I'm saying examples here, right? I want this to be, this is gonna be uplifting, okay? I'm just going into some of the psychology here, guys. But guys, when we yield to these lies and ungodly beliefs, we are yielding to deception, to put it quite frankly. And if you believe enough lies about yourself that the enemy has tried to plant, then maybe you are deceived. You know, maybe you're deceived and actually to not believe, you're not believing fully who God has called you to be. But there is hope today. And I really believe that God is going to break you out of lies today um, and set you free. The truth is, guys, Jesus came to give life and life abundantly and to impart identity to us as sons and daughters. And he is way more powerful than all the attacks of the enemy. But we need to be in a place where we are intimate with Jesus, where we are letting him reform our realities. So it's important, guys, because... We are meant to represent him on the world, but it's also important because the world actually needs you to be fully who God has called you to be. The world does not need, um, you know, another ver- another fake version of yourself. He needs who you, the world needs who you are in Christ, who you uniquely are, uh, the gifts that God has put inside of you. The world needs Jesus Christ, the hope of glory inside of you and how Jesus expresses himself through your life. The world needs this. You know, imagine, I think, as I was preparing this, imagine if every single Christian in the world uh, was completely, had an attitude where they knew they were victorious, they knew they were loved, they were confident, um, and they were not afraid of the world and the enemy and the things going on. And I want you to imagine that right now. Imagine every single Christian in the world walking in the victory and the hope that Jesus died for them to live in. I think we would have have made a way bigger impact. I believe this is where Jesus is leading us, guys. You are not meant to live your life being deterred and swayed by the enemy's lies and by everything else going on. You are meant to be. You are meant to live by the truth of Jesus in your life. And um, if you're living, if you're sorry, i was gonna say if you're living out there. If you're living out there, hopefully you are. If you're listening, guys, you are called to be significant. And I want to encourage you with that: is that you're not called to be um, insignificant. You're not called to a life um, where you don't have any purpose. You are called to be significant. Um, and when I say that you're you're meant to be significant to heaven, significant to Jesus, this is the call that you have in your life to be significant in the eyes of the Father, and that means being obedient. That means also us having a mindset where we're obedient to the truth that Jesus says over our lives. Amen. <laughs> yeah. good stuff, this is good stuff. Uh, and so, thank you, Ken. Uh, so, how are we? How are our realities formed? And Um, I feel like I've talked about this a lot, but I'm just going to dive right back in here, guys. Um, What we think and believe about ourselves, again, guys, it's a sum total of our experiences. You know, the experiences that we have in life, um, they shape us. They shape who we are. You know, maybe something that happened to you when you were younger, it really shaped the way you saw things. Maybe something that's happened yesterday that was very significant, it shapes the way we see things. And I think what the Father longs to do is for us to have more and more encounters and experiences with Him because they're way more powerful that they'll redefine our lives. The truth is guys that we are all going on, we are all on a journey right now from orphans to sons. We are now spiritual sons and daughters. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, we are spiritual sons of God and of the father. But the thing is guys, just like any other situation on earth when a kid is adopted into a family, uh, there is a journey from adoption into living in the home. And, and when kids are adopted into the home, that's already a victory. But an even greater victory is when those kids begin to adopt the culture and the morals and the values of your family. When they realize that they're loved, that they don't have to try to um, scavenge food and bring it to the room. When they realize that they're safe, they don't have to run anymore and hide. That they're safe with you. That, um, that you can, They, they don't actually can open up and that this is a place where they can belong. And just like in the world, this is the exact same thing for us in our, in our walk with God. As we, we have been adopted in the family of God, but sometimes it takes a while for our minds and our hearts to catch up with what God actually says about us. And the truth is, sometimes we still have orphan tendencies. We still have these lies, these things we believe, or these things that we get triggered in us. And I think everyone here can probably relate to being triggered. Like someone does something and all of a sudden it triggers us and you feel, you know, whether you feel shame or you feel angry, you know, you realize, oh yeah, there's something there. There's some kind of trigger in me and someone just pulled it. Um, but as we go through life, Jesus wants to heal these errors. He wants us, he wants to reform our realities. He wants to bring reformation to our realities. Um, and what I think the father longs to do is as we, we have been adopting the family of God, but now we are on this journey of learning what, what it means to belong. To God's family. So again, we're on a journey now of, we are adopted as sons and daughters if we've given our lives to Christ, but now we are on a journey of understanding what it means to belong to his family in our minds, in our thoughts. And I really believe that Jesus wants us to have a life where we are manifesting the love of God, manifesting his truth through our lives. Um, I believe one of the greatest journeys uh, or one of the greatest purposes of the Holy Spirit is to lead us from having a thought that we believe about God and to having a, um, have that manifest as fruit in our life. If you can see, you see, um, when you're working with, with youth, and I used to work at Youth for Christ, um, there was a lot of times when we were working with youth and um, there would be a youth who would go and you take a bunch of snacks and you stuff them in his pockets. Um, and I remember one night this youth was doing that, he, he shoved about like 10 granola bars in each in each pocket. and uh, when I went up to him I went to go talk to him and I just asked him you know are you okay like are you in a safe environment where you're getting fed enough is everything okay um, and he said yeah I have plenty of food at home I'm actually at a great home now I've been adopted um, and just started asking him questions but as I had talked to him I realized that scarcity wasn't uh, around him scarcity was actually living inside of him I, th- I think so often as Sons and daughters, we, we, we actually have scarcity living inside of us. It's not that it's always around us, but it's, it's in us. Sometimes rejection isn't actually around us, but it's actually still within us a little bit. Uh, maybe fear, you know, fear, there's actually no reason to fear a situation, but sometimes we still have a little bit of fear in us. And I really believe that Jesus is bringing reformation to our realities today. Proverbs 23, 7, it says here, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I love that verse, guys, because it's so true. It is such a profound verse because it, it is totally true. As we think in our hearts, as we believe in our hearts about ourselves, that is the person that we are. As we believe we are loved by God, as we believe that we are his children, that he is for us, that we have favor on our lives, that we are intimate with him, he begins to shape our reality and shape our perspective on life. It's crazy, but the your entire experience as a human being it is directly tied to the health of your mind and your heart. You know, if you're a person who's gonna go through life with hurts and, and you're not gonna actually address the issues that come up in your head and your heart, you're gonna be bound to that. But as we as we journey with Jesus, he sets us free in all of those ways. You know, the truth is guys, if we, um, if we are not yielded to what he says, so if we are not believing, who God says we are, who, who he says he is, we are living outside of the truth and will of God. And we don't want to be people that live there. We want to be people that live in the will and the truth of God. So guys, I really want to talk with you now about how can we, how what can we do, sorry, what can we do to reform our realities or what ways can we partner with Jesus to reform our realities? And I'm a huge a huge advocate of personal and self-development. And I think the Holy Spirit is a huge fan of us developing personally, of us growing. Um, And what can we do? What are ways that we can partner with God for our realities to be reformed by Him? And really, guys, I want us to journey together through this because I really want us to be so strong that no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're going through in life, that you are so solid in your identity and what you believe about God and about yourself that nothing can shake you. So guys, I have I have three areas that I believe are really important personally, and then I have three areas of scripture. And so the first two things that I want to talk about is the first thing is the secret place, and I, and I've talked about this a lot, but I think it's something that you ne- I need to keep talking about, and I think we need to keep talking about because I think there's not enough Christians that are spending time with God in the secret place, and more and more Christians are. Um, being swayed different ways because they are not rooted and found in the secret place and in the word of God. And this is something that's so important. Um, And again, this is so important because we are a sum total of our experiences, guys. And Jesus longs to give us more and more experiences with him that are so much more powerful than our previous experiences that it redefines our lives. You know, one one encounter, one experience with his love that you are completely accepted and that you're completely loved can completely redefine the lie that you were rejected and that you were unloved. Yeah, yeah. You could have a hundred experiences of you being, of people saying you were unloved, you're rejected, you are, you're forsaken, and you can have one encounter with the love of God and the power of God that completely redefines that narrative. Amen. Wow. I think this is what the Father's longing to do, is he's longing to give us more experiences and encounters with his love, because he wants to encounter you. And that's what you need to know is, not only are we wanting to, we, not only should we want to encounter Him, but he wants to encounter us. He wants to be close with us. He wants to be next to us. He wants to breathe new life into us, and He wants to give you new narratives for your life. We need to let Jesus' love and truth be the greatest definer of our realities, guys. And, and what this is doing guys, as we spend time in the secret place, our realities are being reformed because we're saying, Jesus, whatever you say right now in this moment trumps anything else I believe. Whatever, however you feel about me trumps how I feel about myself and what, how others feel about myself. Your love defines me. And so when we can be practical and get in the secret place, Jesus can do work in our hearts. And it's so important the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Um, this is the second thing. This is something on my heart, but pers- something personal. Um, don't be a victim. Do not be a victim in life. Um, This is something that you will receive zero sympathy from me for How I define being a victim is when your state of being is being determined by someone or something else So when your state of being is actually determined by someone or something else Something that someone said to you or something that happened to you when your state of being is influenced and determined by someone else That's being a victim and I I can play the, I will say openly to you that I have been a victim many times You know this person said this to me or I had this experience at work where someone shut down my idea And now I don't like them I don't like this and we go through like being a victim, but Jesus has called us to be powerful people yeah. Where we wake up and we say today is going to be an amazing day a day of power a day of your presence Jesus and we actually have an amazing day Being a powerless person, what looks like waking up and saying, I hope today's going to be good. I hope that that some good things can happen to me because Mm. then I'll have a good day. But that mentality is a victim mentality because then we are looking for for external circumstances to validate who God says we are. Who God says we are trumps all of that. (laughs) What being a victim means is it shifts responsibility onto others for the way you feel. So it is their fault, it's this person's fault, it's this situation's fault for how I feel. And if you're listening out there, I want you to open up your heart right now because I believe there's some people listening where this is you and it, it is me sometimes too. So guys, we're all on this. Um, but it's, it's easier sometimes too because actually it helps you justify your own garbage and why you have it. So when you're a victim, you, you know, you say, oh, this person said this to me. Yeah, maybe they said something to you, but really you just have this issue where you feel like everyone is up to get you. It's actually your own problem. Uh, people, you know, I think we all know people that no matter what environment they're in, they are having a hard time. You know, they, they go to this job, this job sucks, this person said this to me. They do this thing, oh, this is hard because this person did this thing to me. Uh, and you begin to see this common thread where as people are going through things, and as they are doing new things, they're finding something wrong about every single thing they do. And I want to I tell you right now, that's a victim mentality and that is not Christ-like. We are called to be people that bring positive change and positive influence everywhere we go. No, we also know people that no matter what situation they are in, no matter what area of influence they are in, they, they continue to shine, they continue to bring positive change, and they continue to see people touched by Christ through their life. That is called being a powerful person, guys. And when we choose to be powerful, our realities are formed by truth. And this is why it's so powerful. Because when you go through your life and you realize, you know, I am not going to be dictated by any circumstance around you, I'm actually going to be completely influenced, and dictated by the love and the truth of God. We are literally practicing our minds being reformed by Jesus in those moments. Where we say, I'm not gonna be dictated by this person saying this, I'm gonna be dictated by your love, God. The third thing I wanna say personally is, just give give God your yes. Because for us to walk in a place where our realities are completely reformed by Jesus and we completely believe everything he says about us, we need to say yes to God and that is the starting point. You know, it's, it's a journey, and for us to actually be there, it's gonna be a long journey, and you might not always get it, but I wanna encourage you just to stop and just say, yes, God, I don't know what this looks like, but I am gonna choose your reality over my reality all the time. Even if I feel decent, Jesus, I wanna feel your reality, see your reality about myself. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. So a few scriptures here, we have Matthew 3.8. So Matthew 3.8, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he says, you must prove your repentance by a changed life. What I love here, guys, is that you must prove your repentance by a changed life. You know, I think repentance sometimes is taken on this big, um, this big uh, weighty word that seems almost negative or harsh, or we don't like talking about repentance, but really repentance is a beautiful thing. It just means to change the way you think and to turn away from something and turn towards something. So we're on a journey of repentance where we are realizing old lies that we still believe, or we're believing, um, where we realize, oh, we're actually still believing this thing about our lives, or about our, and this area, fear is still influencing me. We are actually learning to repent from old ways. Something that Jesus spoke to me recently is, I wanna I be great in this one area that I was talking about with God. And God said, see, son, who told you that? Who told you that one day, You have to be good. Son, you're already great in this area. So just repent for believing that one day you're going to be this and receive your inheritance that you already are and that you will grow, but you already are this. You know, you already are loved. You don't have to try to be loved. You already are loved. Just receive. 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says here, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So I believe completely that you are called to be self-aware. Self-awareness is something that we do not talk about a lot in church, but you're called to be self-aware. How can you take every thought and bring it captive and make it obedient to Christ if you're not aware of the thoughts you're having? So I wanna encourage you to be self-aware, to say, okay, right now I'm experiencing this lie. I'm thinking about this thing, Jesus. Does this line up with your nature and who you are? Because if it doesn't line up with your nature and who you are, God, then it's not my inheritance. So when, we're, when we are taking every thought and making it obedient to Christ, it doesn't mean that we're being introspective and that we're trying to search and find broken things within us. It means that we're stewarding our thoughts. It means that we're saying, okay, I have this one thought, I have this one lie, I feel like I'm not worthy for this or I feel like I feel triggered by this, Jesus. I take this captive. I bring it to you and say, Jesus, does this belong to you? Is this who you are? No, then it's not who I am. We need to draw a line. If Jesus didn't say it, we don't believe it. James 4, 7. This is the last thing I want to touch on here, but submit yourselves. It says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So I'll say that again. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So submitting to God means in the middle of your week when you're feeling, you know, you feel triggered, you feel something, just submit to God. Just stop and say, Father, I submit to you. I rest in you, I love you. And just rest and submit yourself to God, surrender. The Second is resist the devil. So it's it's a, again, being self-aware and saying, devil, I, or I recognize that this is the enemy. I resist you, I'm gonna rest in God. And as we do that, as we rest in God, submit to him, and we acknowledge, okay, this is the enemy, this is not me. The enemy will flee from you. So guys, when we do these things, when we're practicing this, we are practicing not being conformed by the attacks in the lives of the enemy, but we're being reformed by the reality of Jesus in our lives. So guys, I wanna pray for you right now um, and just pray for you guys. And I really believe that there's freedom right now that's available uh, for everyone that's watching. Jesus, I thank you, God, that you are reforming our realities, that you're bringing reformation to our realities, Jesus god i thank you that you are longing to bring change you're longing to bring uh to shift and change our realities to to, to change the narrative of what we believe about ourselves god you are in the business of big work god you want to you want to have big work on our minds and our hearts and our spirits jesus and you want to install in totally new thought process god about our life about who we think you are god and how much we can enjoy god god we want to you want to completely restore everything in our lives and bring reformation to our realities jesus and i thank you for that in this season that whoever's watching right now god that you would bring reformation god that you would right now you would um bring to bring to light the lies or maybe the things that people believe and if you're out there right now i want you to just put your hands out just facing the ceiling just in a a receiving position and just ask holy spirit what are what are things god that you are reforming in my life what realities are you wanting to bring reformation to so Holy Spirit, we just listen to you. And we just we rest in you. God, we thank you that when we when we submit to you, God, and we resist the enemy, God, he will flee. And God, you will speak truth about who we are. Father, I pray for people, even after the, even right now, God, right now and after this service, God, I pray that people could get alone with you, Jesus. That they could receive new experiences, new encounters with you, God, that would completely redefine the narrative of their life, Jesus. God, there's power in your spirit. There's power in your word. There's power in who you are, God, and in your voice. And I pray that you would completely redefine narratives of, of people's lives, God, that from this moment on, people who felt rejected in their lives will know without a shadow of a doubt how accepted they are in you and how loved they are by you, Jesus. I pray, I pray for people, God, who think they're perfect out there, who have every single thought lined up and they are they're maybe struggling with this right now. God, I pray that you would break open into their hearts, God. Show them how you want to take them even higher. Jesus, you are a God of glory to glory to glory, Father. Yeah. We are being transformed into your image. And God, I pray for those people just to receive your truth now and your love and your power now, that you would highlight areas that you are still wanting to reform the reality, Jesus, to look more like you. God, I thank you for everybody out there, God. I pray for uh, the spirit of sonship just to enter into people's heart, God, that people would understand that they are sons and daughters of you, Father. And I pray that people would not just receive that, that, uh, that position or that reality, but also the realities in their, in their hearts and their minds, that they are loved, they are favored, they are chosen, that they don't have to try to be accepted, that you already love them. And I just hear the Father saying over people that you are his beloved, you are his beloved child, his beloved son, his beloved daughter. And I really believe in this season that God is going to begin to speak to you way after this Sunday into this year about who you are and he's going to start redefining your reality and I even just see families being uh, reformed and and families being saved and families being touched by your presence, God. Through one person's yes to looking more like you and letting the reality be reformed by you, Jesus.